How's everybody doing today? Doing good, doing good. We uh, this morning had uh, some technical difficulties. Our whole front row of lights uh, is not working. So I'm going to do my best to stand back a little bit so that I'm not a complete shadow to you guys. Um, but hopefully uh, you can see well enough to ultimately hear the message that uh, we have today. And we're going to jump right into things. We're not going to waste any time. If you've been here uh, the last few weeks, you know that we're in the middle of a series that is titled Disciple. And uh, today is going to be a very instrumental uh, lesson within this series for how we ultimately will walk in these things, how we can apply these principles to our lives. So today is going to be very, very important. But I do want to just do a quick refresher Bring everybody up to speed so that we can be on the same page as we unpack today's message. And so in week one, uh, we really started by just breaking down this word disciple. It's not a word that is really common in our modern day vernacular. It's not something that we throw around very often, but it is an important word that we see within the biblical narrative. And so what we started with is the word disciple within our context simply means a true follower of Jesus Christ, okay? That's what a disciple is. It's that simple. We don't need to complicate it any further. It's an ancient Greek term that simply means somebody who would lay down their life to follow another. And so that's what we do as it relates to Jesus. But then we talked about how that word really is twofold. Um, because disciple is both who we are, but it's also what we do. We are called to be disciples of Jesus, but we are also called to make disciples of Jesus. So it is a noun and it is a verb, depending on how we understand it and ultimately walk in it. And so early on, we just tried to build a foundation of what that ultimately means, how we can begin to understand that for our lives and for our perspective. And then as we move forward, we talked about some of the obstacles and hurdles that get in the way from us really being about this thing called discipleship. And so we discussed three things last week. We talked about how in our culture we have a people value issue, meaning we've lost the value of relationships and community. We no longer value people like we need to, and it pushes us away from this idea of true discipleship. Then we talked about as the church, as the people of God, how we have a daily purpose issue. No longer do we realize that every moment of every day, we are called to follow Jesus. And so as a result, we have become Sunday to Sunday followers, as opposed to day by day followers. And it's something we very much need to be aware of. And then the last one we talked about is how we have an individual empowerment Issue. As the people of God, we no longer realize that each one of us is important to this mission. Each one of us is called and equipped to go into our respective context and to make a difference, to impact the lives of the people around us. And so we need to revive this in each and every one of us. And so today's lesson in many ways is going to be how we can overcome those things, how we can look past those things and actually begin to apply this concept to our everyday lives. And so my desire this morning is to really equip you with the information and the tools to actually step into this, okay? And so today's gonna be very practical. 
very straightforward, very teaching heavy. And uh, whenever we approach things this way, here is what I would suggest. I would suggest that you do your best as we go through these values, as we go through these methods and principles to really personalize this for your life. In other words, as we go through this content, I want you to really think, what would this look like in my everyday life? Like, what would this look like within my group of friends? What would this look like at my place of employment? Really personalize this so you can see it and begin to actually apply it, okay? And so with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into today and begin to unpack what we have. In week one, um, I talked about how this is the most important series that we've ever done here at the Bridge Church because this is going to require a huge culture change in our perspective and what we prioritize. It really is going to call for a huge shift. And if it really is that important, and if it really is that significant for us, then I think uh, where we really need to begin is if I'm gonna take steps forward, I'm actually going to begin this journey, where do I start? What is the first step that I need to take in order to truly give my life to this? Now, we talked about how discipleship at its core is relational, right? Discipleship is about building relationships with others. It's about connecting with the people in your lives. That is what it's about. And if that is true, and it is, then really the question is, who do I start with? Over the last few months, we've talked often about this. It's not about the where, it's about the who. It's about the people that God has placed in your life. And that's where you are to begin. Pay attention to the people that God has placed in your daily orbit. Who is it that he is drawing to you for a particular reason and a particular purpose? One of the big issues that we have with this is that oftentimes we're not paying attention to that. We're not really aware of the people. We got so many things we got to do and so much stuff to take care of. And we got to check things off of our calendar that we're forgetting about, really overlooking the people that God has placed before us. And so we have to open our eyes and, and be really sensitive to and be aware of these individuals that God brings before us. Like really pay attention to who am I drawn to today? Like, like, who is it that God is, is bringing me towards or over the last month or over the last year? Who is it that, that I'm being pointed towards or who is being drawn to me? Like, who just kind of keeps showing up in my life and, and why is this happening? Maybe some, somebody's going through something that you've been through before and you can step in and you can help them. We need to be intentional and aware so that we can truly connect with the people that are around us. This is what matters in our lives. Have you ever been in a situation where, you meet somebody new and like immediately you're like, something's different here. Like there's a, there's a connection, there's something going on here that's deeper. Those are the moments that we need to lean in and, and be sensitive to where the Holy Spirit is trying to lead and guide us. This is gonna happen in our workplace. This is gonna happen in our group of friends. This is gonna happen at home with our families, right? And so we need to be aware of it. An analogy that I think is, is helpful here is um, back in the 1800s, there were these things called life-saving stations, okay? And what they were is they were essentially bases that were throughout the various coastlines of America. And within these bases, um, volunteers would come in 
and they would look over the coastline, and whenever something kind of got brought up to the shore, they would go out and they would impact whatever situation is before them. So maybe there was a shipwreck and somebody gets brought onto the shore, or maybe there's something valuable that gets brought up onto the beach. They go out and they collect or they help, they do whatever they can to impact that situation. What's interesting is they would train these volunteers, listen, your job is not to do this for the entire coastline. Like says, that's just not possible. You're not going to be able to do that. So what they would tell them is, you're responsible for this sphere of influence. This is your sphere right here. And so keep track of, of this little chunk of the coastline. And whenever something comes up, you go out and you impact that situation. And in many ways, that is emblematic of discipleship in our lives. We're going to notice that God is kind of bringing people into our focus and bringing people into our, our daily orbit. And we are called to go in and to impact those situations. Now, when it comes to our sphere of influence, what we have to understand is that typically it's going to be small and it's going to be often shifting. All right, it's going to be small and it's going to be often shifting. We have a couple of really clear examples of this throughout our New Testament narrative, starting with Jesus, right? Jesus is the Son of God in the flesh. We know that he spent roughly 33 years on this earth, and really three of those years were dedicated to what we call his ministry. That's much of what the gospel accounts are ultimately about. And when we read this, what we understand is that Jesus spent much of his time and his attention on 12 guys, right? These, these were called the 12 disciples, the originals, so to speak. But actually, as you dig in even deeper and you understand more of the historical accounts, it's really three that Jesus spent most of his time, his energy, and his attention on. Peter, James, and John, those were the three. Now, again, this is Jesus, the Son of God in the flesh, and he spent most of his focus on three guys that then went out into the 12. Often, it's going to be small so that we can actually have the focus that we need to. But then it will shift over the course of time. And the best example we have of this is the Apostle Paul, who, by the way, aside from Jesus, is probably the best disciple maker that we see in the New Testament. He's an unbelievable man, but often we see his focus was shifting. Part of the reason is because he was traveling so much, right? He's always on these different journeys, but we see him starting with Barnabas, and then it shifts to Silas, and then it shifts to Gaius, and then to Luke, and then to Timothy. Like It's always shifting as he equips people and sends them out. And so we have to understand within this sphere of influence, we are called to focus on this group of people that God has called us to, to equip them and send them out and go on to the next. This is how the kingdom of God ultimately works. So if we want to understand where do we begin, we start with the people that God has placed in front of us. Now, once we understand that, then we have to discuss what do we do next? Like, how do I, how do I walk in this? What do I do when it comes to truly impacting these people's lives? And so this is what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about the first one will not surprise you if you've been here at all throughout this series. But once we understand the people that God has placed in front of us, number one, we are going to prioritize these people in our lives. We're going to prioritize them. We're going to give them our time. We're going to give them our attention. We're going to give them our energy. We're going to sacrifice for them. We're going to lay down our lives for these people. I'm talking about countercultural type of sacrifice for these individuals. That's what it's going to call for. In fact, Ralph Moore put it this way. 
He said the overriding discipline of Jesus's life was that of making disciples. He laid down his time, his energy, and his emotions for them. Now let's pause for a second. I love the way he puts that. The overriding discipline of Jesus's life. In other words, you're probably not just gonna like stumble your way into discipleship. You're gonna have to be intentional. There's gonna have to be a discipline in your life to truly care about and invest in people at this level. He laid down his time, his energy, his emotions for them. Watch what he goes on to say. So if you are to make disciples, you will need to change your schedule, your priorities, and your habits. You will need to change these things to ensure that you're actually about the things that matter as it relates to the mission of Jesus. We're gonna have to sacrificially lay down our lives for the benefit of others, which means we're gonna have to seriously cut some things out of our daily habits and and our daily calendars that don't really matter and, and have any value for what God is up to in his world. We're gonna have to take other things and really minimize them and actually have self-control and discipline in these areas so we can have the space in the margin that we need to actually walk in this. And then listen, when we actually spend time with these people, like, like let's give them our full attention. That's part of prioritizing people. When we're actually with them, we really give them everything that we have. In our culture today, that is becoming more and more difficult because we have so many distractions, right? The TV's on in the background and we're getting texts on the phone and we're distracted. We're not even giving people our full attention. And this is something we very much need to fix. We need to listen to people. Like just listen to understand and to comprehend and to empathize. You know, people feel valued and seen through that, unlike anything else. And scripture supports it. it says, be slow to speak, quick to listen. This is the attitude that we must have if we're truly gonna value people the way that we need to. And if we actually do these things and walk in these things, um, last week we talked about three of the main arenas where we're not valuing people the way that we need to. We, we talked about our neighborhoods, our workplaces, and our, our purpose institutions or our churches. In these three areas, we're, we're not looking at people and valuing them the way that we need to. And if we will just walk in these things, like why can't we be the people that step into our neighborhoods and actually put ourselves out there to connect with people and and to serve people and to love people? Why don't we give our time and our attention to that? In the workplace, why won't we be the people that aren't so consumed with ourselves, but are actually more about serving others and helping others and and assisting them to move up the, the ladder, right? Why aren't we those type of people in our churches? Why don't we sacrificially give for one another and carry one another's burdens and encourage one another? Like these are the, the types of people that we ought to be if we're truly following in Jesus's footsteps. In fact, last week, I don't wanna go all the way back to that study, um, but when it talked about how we're losing relationship and community within our purpose institutions, one of the main reasons is what they called self-centered faith. In other words, our self-centeredness has now kind of bled into our faith where, where this journey is all about me. It's, it's all about how can I grow the most and how can I be fed the most and where can I consume the most, right? And that bleeds into our church services where it's all about me and what I can consume and into our small groups where it's all about what am I gonna get out of it and, and then into our everyday lives and our everyday perspectives, it's, it's all about us. Now listen, There are times and seasons where we very much need to be fed and we very much need to consume and and grow. Those things are important. It's not an either or thing, but the overriding message of the life of Jesus is I am here 
for other people. I mean, he says, I've come to serve, not to be served. I've come to lay down my life for you. That is the message of Jesus. And if that is the one in whom we are trying to follow, then this is very much the posture that our life should take. We are here to serve others, to prioritize others and ensure that they are valued. Now, once we do that, once we really give people our time and our attention and and we're really growing in relationship with them, one of the best strategies that we have when it comes to discipleship is what I call show and tell. Show and tell. Everybody remembers in school when you would have show and tell day and you would get your favorite item or your stuffed animal or your pet, whatever it is, and you would show your classmates and then you would talk a little bit about it so they understand how it fits into your life. And as elementary as that concept is, these are really the two primary tenets of effective disciple making. We teach people and we live it out. We, we show what it actually means to follow Jesus. In fact, I read this quote that I think puts it so beautifully. It said, your legacy, everybody wants to leave a legacy, right? Your legacy is the sum total of your experience with God as you hand it off to another person. Try to give away as much experiential and intellectual knowledge as you possibly can. In other words, show people and tell people what it means to actually follow Jesus. Now, how do we know that this is the main approach that we should take? Well, we look at Jesus, right? We just continue to to look at his life and the way that he operated. And this is very much what he did for his disciples. He was always teaching them. Right? I think we could probably say that Jesus is the greatest teacher to ever live. Right, and, and part of that is because he had wisdom and revelation that we haven't seen before or since. But we also should give a great amount of credit to his methods. He was very innovative. He was very creative in the way that he would communicate and teach other people. We know that he primarily taught by way of parables which were simply stories that he would come up with that had cultural relevance so that people could begin to to look through a different lens and have a different perspective, just these beautiful stories. And they're so good that thousands of years later, we're still like picking them apart and gaining new understanding about what Jesus was actually talking about. Just an unbelievable teacher in his approach, which means, listen, Jesus wasn't like slamming religious language down people's throats. He was telling stories that they could connect with, that they could begin to relate with as they began to serve him. Now think about how intentional Jesus had to be with those things. We don't often think about Jesus this way. Yes, he was the son of God in the flesh, but he was a man. Think about how much time, how much thought, how much preparation he had to put in to come up with these unbelievable stories and and these unbelievable teaching moments in order to help other people. Very, very intentional. He took this seriously and we ought to as well. And then better than anybody, he lived it out, right? I mean, he's the greatest example that we look to of actually how to live this life that God has called us into. But again, he did it so intentionally. Like, listen, if he wanted to show his disciples how to handle conflict, all they had to do is watch in those moments of tension and disagreement with the Pharisees or with the Roman government. All they had to do is watch how he handled those situations. His, his attitude, his posture, the things he would do and say, all they had to do is watch as he showed them. If they wanted to, to know how to heal people, all they had to do is stand by and watch as the people came to him and the things he would do and the things that he would say. He was so intentional about how he was training and equipping the people around him. And so we need to think about very seriously 
how can I do these things in my context and with the gifts that he has given me? Very seriously think about how can I do this where God has sent me and the things that he has given me? How can I teach others about Christ? How can I approach this? What what are the methods that I can take to be effective in this? And let me remind you, I'm not talking about like an hour-long dissertation on the gospel. It's not what I'm talking about here. We're talking about a process of relationship where over the course of time, you get these little teaching moments throughout real life, right? Maybe it's minutes, maybe it's seconds where you can just sprinkle in the wisdom that is going to help them through whatever it is they're going on in their life. It's a natural process of relationship that we can step into. And that's so important for us to understand because I know there are a lot of people in the room, when you hear that, that you need to teach people about Jesus, it's like, no, 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 no. I don't know enough. I'm not gifted enough. I don't have enough wisdom to share with anybody. There's no way that that is me. But the truth of the matter is, this is a call on every one of our lives. And you know how I know that? Because it's a part of the Great Commission. A part of the Great Commission says to teach them to observe all that Jesus has commanded us. That is a call on every one of our lives. You can do this. You can teach people about Jesus. Listen, you have experiences in your life that will help other people. You have learning moments in your life that will help other people. You have faith-building moments that will inspire other people. You, you can do this, and if nothing else, you have the Holy Spirit within you to lead you and guide you and speak through you. You are empowered to step into this. Put a little time and intention into this to understand how you can do this for the people around you. And then, man, just live it out. Just live it out. Keep walking in this day by day. Be faithful in this. And don't do it to put on a show or to put attention on yourself. Do it so that people are pointed to Jesus in every part of your life. That's why we do it. In fact, we read this scripture in week one, Matthew 5, verses 16. Jesus says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So let them see your light. Let them see your good works. Why? Ultimately, so that they're pointed to God. That is the the point of this. In fact, several months ago, we did a series called Image Bearers. We bear the image of God so that as we do the things that we do, we say the things that we say, that ultimately they would see him in it. That is the point. So just keep shining. Keep walking in this day by day, showing what it looks like to truly follow Jesus. There's a a book titled Making Disciples, and it's authored by Ralph Moore. I would write that down and uh, suggested reading for everybody. I don't care who you are, where you're at in your life. Uh, Some of the best content when it comes to how we can actually apply this to our lives. But when it comes to this idea of actually living it out and putting this on display, he describes it as leaking out Christ-like attributes. Like everywhere we go that we would be leaking these things out. Now, when we studied this with the ministry team, um, that language was very uncomfortable to them. Like, we're leaking on people? That sounds very unsanitary. But, but I love the picture that everywhere we go, that we're just oozing, we're, we're shining out Jesus' love and his, and his grace and his peace and his goodness and his faithfulness. Everywhere we go, that's what we're doing as we serve people and as we love people and as we pray for people. I just love the idea that that's how we would ultimately walk in this And that last one that I threw out is very important. Don't overlook this as part of your discipleship journey. A very important piece is to implement prayer, to implement prayer. We don't think about this as like a discipleship tool, and yet it's one of the best that we have 
at our disposal. We should implement this as much as we possibly can. Like before we leave for the day, we should pray, Holy Spirit, just lead and guide me. Help me to be sensitive and, and aware to the people that you have placed around me. When we go into a lunch or a conversation with somebody, Holy Spirit, give me the words to say and, and what I need to do in this given situation. When somebody's hurting and they're confiding in you, tell them that you're going to pray for them. And, and then over the course of time, as you get more comfortable with them, pray for them right there on the spot. Just keep implementing this. One of the big reasons why this is effective is because prayer works, right? Like, like it's this unbelievable thing that, that God actually hears our prayers and that he's willing to answer our prayers. There's really nothing like it. And so when people begin to experience that and they actually see it at work in their lives, it does something that nothing else really can I think another reason why prayer is such an effective discipleship tool, even today, is because even um, people that don't necessarily believe in God or you know, aren't necessarily about these types of things, still prayer is generally acceptable in their eyes. Like It's not really something that offends or puts people off because they understand the intent is good. And so it's just a way that we can connect God into the lives of the people around us. In fact, there's a really amazing story that I read about this past week that I think displays this so beautifully. There was a, a man who was working in the corporate world, and he was working at this, this particular company for a long time. And um, there was a point in time where his boss left, and so they brought somebody new in. And he said immediately when he met this guy, it was like, I'm not going to get along with this guy. <laughs> we're just, we're not going to see eye to eye. We're not vibing. I'm getting a bad feeling here. And so sure enough, over the course of weeks and months, a lot of tension that was building up and a lot of disagreements. It, it was getting pretty ugly. But all of a sudden, this employee who was a, a follower of Jesus felt like God was calling him to disciple this boss which by the way is so often how God will work. He will call us to disciple people we don't expect, people we're, we're not necessarily vibing with, our boss who is supposed to be influencing us, right? Oftentimes that's what God calls us into. But what he said is, what I, what I decided is, I'm just gonna implement prayer into our relationship. And so over the course of weeks and months, that's what he did. Whenever the boss was struggling with something or maybe he was anxious about something, he would just tell him, I'm, I'll be praying for you. I'll, you know, I'll make sure that, that I'm asking God on your behalf. And then as time went along, sure enough, there was a comfort level to where he, he actually would pray for him right there on the spot and kind of say a little a word for him before he would go into a meeting or, or something like that and just continue to build that relationship. Now, he said, honestly, I didn't see like major change in this guy's life. It wasn't like he accepted Jesus right there on the spot or anything like that. But he said one day they were heading into a meeting and there was a third person with them and uh, they were about to walk into the door to this big meeting. And, and the third guy stopped and said, man, I'm just, I'm really nervous. I, I'm not feeling good about this. I'm really unsettled. And before the employee could say anything, the boss stepped in and said, let's pray. Let's pray together. And so they linked arms, three guys right outside the conference room and just prayed that God's will would be done, that he would give them peace and he would give them comfort. Just little implementations of prayer. By the way, that boss would go on to quit his job, move overseas and pastor a church in Asia and plant many other churches across the globe. Just implementing prayer into a relationship can have that type of impact. If we're intentional about it, if we will be willing to walk in it, that's the type of stuff God can do in our lives. Now here's the last one, and this is an important one that's gonna help us very much, and that is we have to be patient through this process. 
This is one of the biggest keys that, that we see to true discipleship. And it's one of the things that we've really lost sight of, I think, in many ways. Because for many of us, when we think about this idea, we feel like it's like this one-time conversation where I have, to, I have to tell them about the gospel. I have to give them my elevator speech. And hopefully they accept Jesus. And if they don't, maybe a seed gets planted for later on. And there are valuable you know, assets to that conversation. But, but, but Christ-like discipleship, like nitty-gritty relational discipleship, is going to take time. It's going to take perseverance. It's going to take a lot of patience. That is the truth. And again, all we have to do is, is go back and look at Jesus. As, as I said, Jesus spent three years with his disciples. And as you read through the Gospels, they were together like all the time. I mean, countless hours that he poured into these guys and, and he invested into these guys over and over again. And yet at the end of our gospel accounts, one of them betrays him and the other 11 run for their lives and they hide in his greatest hour of need. Now, now think about how much patience Jesus had to exercise with these guys, with, with his disciples, as they misunderstood things and as they messed things up and as they kind of stumbled along, but, but he remained faithful, he remained patient. And guess what? Those very same guys went on to change the course of history forever. That's how good Jesus was at discipleship, but it required patience. The truth is, is, is for many of us, for most of us and the relationships that we're building, it's gonna take years. It's gonna take years of pouring into people and talking to people and being there for people and giving them our time and our attention. Sometimes it's gonna take decades. Sometimes it will take a lifetime. But guess what? Keep going, keep pushing, keep pouring into these people because guess what? If something takes root, it's all worth it, right? We just have to keep going with this. And then watch as the Holy Spirit slowly but surely changes their character and their values. Even that takes time, right? For some reason, we, we think like there's going to be this immediate 100% change in people's lives. But it's like, did that happen for you? Like, aren't you still learning and messing things up along the way? All of this requires patience as we walk with people through this process of discipleship. In that book, Making Disciples, Ralph Moore put it this way. Your task is to inch another person toward Christ before and after they embrace a relationship with him. This is disciple-making, pure and simple. Just slowly but surely inching people closer and closer to him. That is what we are called to do, and we need to remain patient in it. One of the big problems we have with that perspective, um, especially in our world today, is that we lack that idea of delayed gratification, right? In our world, everything comes at us so quick. We expect those immediate results and resolutions, and so we kind of throw in the towel. We're, we're narrow-minded enough to where we don't see the bigger picture of what's going on, and so we don't realize the impact of just day-by-day -day faithfulness and persistence as we impact the people around us. We're, we're not long-term thinkers like we need to be. And yet I'm telling you guys, that's how the mission of Jesus works. It's a long time multiplication effort. Do you know that when Jesus left the scene in the middle of the first century, there were roughly 500 true followers of Jesus. When he leaves the scene, there's a couple hundred followers. Within a few hundred years, by the fourth century, there are 350 million followers of Jesus in Rome alone. Just in Rome, 350 million, and it started by day-by-day day faithful discipleship. That's how it started, and that's how it grew. By the way, same thing happens today. In 1989, there were three people in Mongolia that professed to be Christians, three of them. Today, it's in the hundreds of thousands because of those faithful three. 
That's how this works. It takes time. It takes faithfulness, but God will provide the increase. By the way, we see the same thing on an individual basis as well. Like, do you think that Paul ever realized that by pouring into this guy named Luke that he would go on to write two of the books that are now in our Bible? Do you think he had any idea that he would have that type of impact? And again, the same thing happens today. A man named Edward Kimball never realized that by discipling his local shoe salesman, a few years later that would lead to the conversion of Billy Graham and millions being ministered to. Like you never know what that day-by-day faithfulness is going to provide. It will amaze you to see the things that God will do throughout the course of your life if you just keep going, if you just keep pushing, if you just keep pouring into and investing in other people's lives. Let me just set the expectation for you right now because this is gonna be a cultural change for our perspective and how we actually live our everyday lives. It's gonna be a bumpy road. It's, it's going to be a bumpy road. There are going to be a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of frustration, a lot of celebration. It is going to be a journey, but we have to remain patient. We have to remain faithful and trust that God will indeed work through it. Amen? Please stand with me. So over the next few weeks, um, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to continue with this disciple series. But what we're going to do is we're going we're to get some different speakers up here who are going to tell a little bit about their story, about their perspective on discipleship. They're going to talk about um, how this has worked itself out in their context, um, with the people around them, with the gifts that God has given them. And uh, I can't wait to hear all of those stories. But, but I'll just tell you right now, the intent of that is, is very, very simple. And that is to help you understand that you can do this. All right? I, I want you all to understand that you can live this life of discipleship. You can walk in this. You can impact people's lives like that. And I want you to open your heart and your mind to that. Do you know how I know that you can do this? Watch what the Great Commission tells us, starting in Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. The reason I know that you can do this is because he is with you. You are empowered. You are equipped from him to go out and make a difference in your context. And my hope is that as you just begin to walk in this day by day, that you see that, that you experience that. It might look different than it does in other people's lives and other people's experiences, but just keep walking in it and watch how God uses you to impact the people around you. One last quote from this Making Disciples book. He says this, you don't need to change jobs or go to seminary or move overseas to the mission field. You just need to look up every day and see what Jesus sees. That's all you need to do. You're you're equipped. You have what you need to go out and to walk in this every day of your life. 
if you'd be willing to just take those first steps, you're gonna be amazed at what God will do through it. I promise you. Let's link arms together. Let's encourage one another through this. Support one another, sharpen one another to truly give our lives to this. I read a quote yesterday that I think is applicable. It said this, insight is easy, but change is hard. Meaning it might be really cool to learn new concepts and, and, and try to understand things differently. It's a whole nother ball game to actually do it, to actually walk in it, to actually give your life to it. And yet that's what we're requiring through this series, to give our lives to discipleship. That it's not just some new cool idea that we've, we've realized or, or it's not just something new that we're giving ourselves to, but, but we would actually apply it. We would actually go out and do it. And so that's, that's what I wanna pray over you guys this morning. If you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I just wanna first off say that I love you, that I thank you for the different ways that you're working, that you're moving, that you're speaking. Ultimately, we put our trust in you and ask that your will would be done. I just wanna pray a prayer over each and every person that is here. Maybe they're watching this online. Maybe they're watching this sometime in the future. I wanna pray a prayer right now of empowerment that you would open up our hearts and our minds to realize, to understand that you have empowered us to go out and walk in this. That there are people you have placed in our lives that, that frankly only we can impact the way that you wanna impact. Like we are that important. We are that essential to this mission. Help us to understand how empowered we are every day to walk in this. Give us the strength, give us the wisdom, give us the eyes to see what you see. Help us to understand every moment that you are with us, that you're not asking us to do something that you're not willing to do. You've already done it. You've already laid it out in front of us. May we radically sacrificially give our lives and our hearts to this every day. As we continue on in this series, as we hear the different stories and experiences that you just might open up our eyes to how we can do this in our context and, and with how you've equipped us individually, really help us to see it and to walk in it in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our circle of friends, within our own home to take this seriously. 